You're listening to Optimal Wellness Speakers Club Podcast. Welcome to the Optimal Wellness Speakers Club Podcast, where we feature speeches from our members to help you live with optimal wellness. In our second club meeting, we're featuring another speech from Ocean, who talks about climate change and how that impacts all of us. Today's meeting theme is optimism. So I'll share a joke with one of the most optimistic people I know, Elon Musk. And for today's health tip, I'll share the hair mineral analysis test that I did recently and how you can use it to optimize your health. All that and more right now at the Optimal Wellness Speakers Club podcast. Do we have any Tesla bulls in the house? Any Tesla bears? Well, whichever side you're on, I think we can all agree that optimism is spelled T-S-L-A on the stock charts. At $38 billion market cap, Tesla is worth more than GM, Ford, Toyota, Volkswagen, and Nissan combined, despite selling less than 400,000 cars per year, compared to Toyota at 10 million cars per year. And just how expensive is Tesla's stock? In this article from Bon Angle, the title reads, Things People Believe, Flat Earth, Fake Moon Landings, and Tesla 2100. Now to be included in the S&P 500, Tesla needs four consecutive quarters of profits. So how does Elon Musk pull this off? Let's take a deeper look into the financial office. Elon, Elon, our core operations just lost more than $1 billion in the last 12 months. What are we going to do? Chill out, dude. I got this. Take our energy credits, deferred revenue, unusual items, reserve adjustments, deferred overhead costs. Take all that, throw them on the income statement. What have we got now? Ah, profits of 368 millions. Elon, you're a genius. I'm just optimistic. Then we have Ms. Grimes, a.k.a. Galactic Princess, otherwise known as C, her initial and the symbol for the speed of light. A fan on her Reddit page describes her as a hybrid of a fairy, a witch, and a cyborg. Pretty much Musk's dream girl. Now Musk was googling for an image of a basilic. It's basically a sea monster of sorts. When he stumbles upon Grimes' music video, where she is dressed up as a basilic. Next thing you know, the pair shows up at the Mad Gala in 2018. Of course, Mr. Musk has this healthy debate with her. You know, are you crazier than me or am I crazier than you? Next thing you know, baby X Ash A-12 pops out, who will be allowed to determine their own gender. Rumor has it that this baby cries in old-school AOL dial-up tones. So how does Elon have any time to spend with his children given his insane work schedule? Musk replies, Well, Babies are just eating and pooping machines, you know? Right now, there's not much I can do anyway. Grimes is a much bigger role than me right now. When the kid gets older, there will be more of a role for me then. What's that word I'm thinking of? Ah, Optimism. Jokes aside, we wish Musk and Grimes a happy family that is out of this world and baby X an optimistic future.
fresh from converting all of us into cat lovers last meeting, Ocean is now on another mission to convert us all into environmentalists. He goes through some of the more severe weather patterns that we've been experiencing over the last few decades, and what that could mean for our future. Let's welcome Ocean. Yeah, yeah. Today, I want to uh, share some uh, information of knowledge about the severe climate. So, from 2016 to 2019, we we saw record-breaking heat waves around the globe and. Rampant welfare from California to Australia, and also, uh, you know, uh, the longest run of uh, tropical cyclone on, on record. So uh, the number of extreme weather events uh, has been uh, increased in the first in the last 40 years, and uh, uh, the current predictions show that this trend will continue. So are these are those a natural disaster? Um, Simply a bad weather of a, uh, you know, the, um, well, that due to, uh, you know, climate change. So to answer this question, we need to know the differences between weather and climate and what they are and how we predict them and what did the prediction tell us. So for weather, for weather and weather prediction, weather is, you know, an atmospheric condition in the particular time and place. And uh, we can do weather prediction in, in you know, in a couple of ways, with 80% accuracy. But um, well, for climate is the average of all, all weather data uh, in a particular region. So we can do, we can do a climate forecast uh, for, uh, for decades, but we, but we cannot tell, um, tell us uh, what are specific weather events and to, it is. So um, for, for, for better forecast, the protocol is quite simple. So meteorologists they need, uh, they need to measure the initial weather condition in, in the atmosphere. And then they, uh, you know, uh, they can roughly predict, predict uh, uh, for two weeks. After that, uh, then, Perhaps every day, meteorologists release bloom into the atmosphere, and these blooms carry a special instrument called uh, radio sound, which is which can um, you know measure the initial condition as well as uh, transmit their funding to the data center. Uh, then scientists uh, run data into their predictive physics model to do the, all the final prediction. Well, the problem and challenges so. Um, weather is a fundamentally chaotic system, and uh, sometimes it's very hard to, it's very incredibly sensitive, and it is impossible to make a perfectly and reliably uh, pre- uh, prediction, um, you know, uh, uh, beyond two ways. So, um, what the reason is, well, the reason, well, the um, if we cannot, for human, for human being, it's very hard to uh, to acknowledge all the information um, for the all uh, for uh, from the atmospheric system, and um, so even right now, uh, the scientists project humans still need maybe 100 years to improve their uh, forecast, the forecasting accuracy. So climate change, well, for Climate prediction. Climate is the average of all, all weather data. So it is 
far less turbulent because uh, climate it is partially focused on, on what happened, uh, a range of what could happen, not on the currently what happened. And um, but the problem is, is climate. Uh, there is a parameter called a uh, boundary boundary condition, and uh, as Nip suggests, and uh, it act as a constraint on uh, um, climate and weather. So uh, one example of boundary condition is is solar radiation. By analyzing the angle and the distance between sun and the location between sun and our location, we can um, uh, calculate uh, the amount of heat that one area will receive. And by doing that, uh, we can uh, monitor uh, sun's beha behaviors and throughout the year. And then we can accurate, accurately predict the effect on uh, um, temperature and atmosphere. Average across years of data, uh, this this reveals revives as uh, pre, um, periodic patterns, including seasons. So the problem is boundary condition is well defined values, and but uh, and it changes slowly. So if at all, uh, this allows researchers to make a reliable prediction uh, into the future. But here is where it gets tricky. Even a slightest change in, in boundary condition, which means uh, a large shift for uh, atmospheric weather system. For example, Earth's surface is temperature has increased uh, by one degree. Two minutes left. Sorry. For the last, uh, for the for the past uh, 150 years, and the, this seems like a minor shift, but um, this. One degree Celsius is change and has added an energy equivalent of uh, one million nuclear warhead into atmosphere, and this this massive surge of energy has already led the increase in number of heat waves, droughts, and uh, and storm surges. So my conclusion is, scientists are. In near universal agreement that climate is changing and human activity accelerating the change. Fortunately, we can identify which human activity are impacting the climate most by tracking in which boundary conditions are shifting. Even though we cannot, even though the next month's weather is still a mystery, but we can work together to protect our Earth. Uh, for centuries to come. Thank you. I always wondered, what does it mean when there is a 50% chance of participation? Should I bring half an umbrella in that case? For today's health tip, I want to cover a hair mineral analysis test that I did recently. The good thing about a hair test is that it captures your nutritional status over the last few months, as opposed to a blood, saliva, urine, or stool test that is just a point in time. Furthermore, your body is very good at keeping toxins away from your blood, so a blood test is unlikely to find toxins unless it's quite severe. This hair test covers nutritional elements like calcium, magnesium, iron, zinc, copper as well as toxic elements like aluminum, mercury, lead, 
cadmium, uranium, and so on. It's also important to understand the ratio between the elements, as they can be an- antagonistic to one another. For example, my zinc-copper ratio is low due to high copper, so this actually creates a zinc deficiency. In my case, I would avoid high copper foods like crab, lobster, liver, and mushrooms. You can find more info on their website, mineralcheck.com, or simply talk to your doctor about the hair mineral analysis test. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or want to have your speeches featured on this podcast, send an email to info at optimalwellnessspeakers.com. As a member, you'll get to join in on our virtual meetings twice a month, get video recordings of the speeches, and be part of our amazing community. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review in your favorite podcast platform. More importantly, if you know anyone who would be a great addition to our club, please spread the word. Thanks. Thanks.